Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the podcast where I'm actually live inside Sweatbox with Shelley McCoy, who I will let introduce herself in a second. But one of the reasons I have Shelley here, or why I invited her on the podcast, is that she wrote an awesome email or letter to her younger self, which I guess resonated with me for a number of reasons, partly because I know Shelley quite well and I've seen her go through half the journey she was sort of talking about, um, and partly because it made me think about a few things, especially how things on social media can look like everything is always easy and successful, but actually how many failures and doubts there are behind that and how many things that you go through along the way to get to this well, I wouldn't say you're at your end point, no, so there's like, way more yeah, to go, but... Definitely getting to a pinnacle point in my journey so far, and I think that's what um, inspired me to talk to my younger self, because I think back then, this was a pipe dream. This, I say this as in where I am right now, was a pipe dream, and I thought, oh, when someone asked me, they said, oh, Shelley, it was actually my business mentor, his name is Mike, he said, uh, he was in my clinic room at the time, and um, he said, so what's the five-year plan? Granted, small confession, we're seven years down the line, but, but success is not linear, and I think no. my not linearness caused me an extra two years, but he asked me what my five-year plan was, and it was always to own my own gym. I think actually I described it at the time as my own health hub or fitness hub, um, and I said I wanted to own a gym and I wanted to have my own sports clinic which is like my rehabilitation side in that gym I also wanted a space for me to be able to um, exercise my biomechanical knowledge my kinetics and do my assessments whether that be with individuals or teams so I needed, I needed it to be quite a big space and I wanted a nutritionist on site I really wanted a hub where anyone from an older individual that's maybe particularly sedentary to a younger individual facing a sporting career would be able to come to our hub and um, better themselves, become stronger, become fitter and maybe have an injury scene or get into a practice that prevents injury and with the right um, nutritional guidance and advice and yeah that's what I wanted so when someone asked me I said that's what I wanted, I told him that, um, and then I was sitting, this was two weeks ago on Tuesday night, I went home, 8pm, grabbed a cup of tea, jumped in my bed, that's what I do, and I thought, tomorrow, the wedding's day, I was about to do my first clinic day in my own clinic, in my own gym, sweatbox, and I just thought, do you remember, do you remember when someone asked you, what you wanted to do, what was a five-year plan, and you, you said this, and, I, and genuinely, I was talking to myself in my room, I was like, you doing God it? God damn, you're amazing. I was like, you're doing it. Hey, everybody, come see how great I am. <laughs> and, and I just thought, I wish me, in my bed with my cup of tea, could call her and say, listen, I hear what you're saying, I can see what you want to do, let me just tell you a few things before you do it. Mm. And honestly, I wrote that letter, even though it, like it's, it's quite lengthy, I must have wrote it in seven minutes flat because it genuinely 
was what I would say if I picked up the phone to me seven years ago. Yeah. Which I think is an amazing thing. And I, one thing I wanted to touch on, because I guess my journey has been a little bit different. And seven years ago or five years ago, if you'd asked me what I wanted to do, I would still have no idea. Or I might have said a PhD or something. And, and I think sometimes like, it's amazing that you knew what you wanted. And I think a lot of people struggle with not knowing what they want and then they think that, that, like, they almost use that as a bit of procrastination to hold them back. So, for example, my job was not a job five years. In fact, my job wasn't even really a job two years ago. There yeah. wasn't people making... Online like, portals and support yeah, systems. Like yeah, enough money from online coaching to make that a sustainable thing. And now, obviously, it's growing, and I think it will grow more before that, potentially, that bubble sort of pops. Mm. But I think also one of the things that you've done really well is that even when there's been setbacks or things have gone sideways like the important thing is not to stop doing something even if it's not going like in a linear direction I agree and I think you're you are right I had a vision I had an end vision and but the reason like when people look at my business complete physique that's now within sweatbox complete physique is literally five jobs in one because Although I had an end vision of what I wanted to do, it's not one job because I couldn't decide. So originally I thought, do you know what I'll do? I'll get qualified as a personal trainer and I'll, I'll get qualified as a sports masseuse. Then I'll go to uni and I'll develop that into like a therapy base. Then I'll get my CPDs and injury. Then I'll really look at what the job of a sports physio is. And meanwhile, I'll build an online platform. I can help people with personal training. But I love CrossFit, so I'll do that. And I love weightlifting, so I'll do that. Then I'll become a weightlifting tutor. So really, mine is so much like, you're right, I did have a vision and an end outcome, but not through deciding one practice, by thinking, I'll do 10, I'll see what sticks and what I enjoy the most. Um, But really, I've probably honed it to about four aspects of my business now, um, which work really well together. Um, and I love the variety. I don't think I could do nine to five one job. I just am not that kind of person. Yeah. Like that's why I do CrossFit. It's always different, um, and every day is a bit different for me. My schedule, okay, my weekly schedules look the same, but every week I get a taste of so many different elements of the fitness industry, and I, and I really enjoy that. Yeah, and I think you start in a position when you're early in your journey of I should say yes to everything and try everything. I yeah. think that's brilliant. Yeah. But I also think we're probably both in a position now, and I was thinking about this today, that I should probably start saying no to more things and then like saying like fuck yes to more things. Yeah, that's and what my motto like, is everything yes. or nothing. Exactly. That's hundred percent one of my mottos, one of my favourite ones. If it's not a fuck yes, exactly. it's a hell no. Yeah. And yeah. um, and I'm I'm fully in on that. And I, I think you're right. Once you specialise in a specific area and you're good enough at it, you don't need to deviate to make extra money or extra engagement or find new clientele, doing other things that aren't maybe your specific strength, then that's a good thing mm. because it means that you can focus a bit more and give 100% in one area than you know, 40% yeah. to a couple that you don't really, that wouldn't necessarily interest you. It's just good. Yeah, I think that's something that, People get a little bit confused at so I'm gonna give another example of like hustling hard versus people who are like, oh, you need really good life balance. And I'm so like, I think at the start of your journey, or maybe in like 
I'm not even going to give it a time because it could be your early 20s or you might come into like a new career in your early 30s. It it, your age doesn't really matter, but maybe at the start of your career, you probably want to say yes to a hell of a lot of things. You probably want to be working your ass off this total hustle mentality. You're probably not going to have very good life balance, let's be honest. Like, did you have good life balance building this gym? No. Absolutely not. And I actually had this exact conversation last night. Someone said to me, yeah, but you need more time with your friends. And I'm like, no. <laughs> the thing is, you do not get, and, and I, I fully believe someone out there probably has nailed it with this work-life balance. And they do have this very successful business. And they've reached a point where they're proud of themselves. And so they have more time with friends and this, this, and this. And it's a management strategy at that point. I'm not there. I'm not going to say, oh, by the way, I've got it all together because I don't. Yeah. Um, and I don't have good work-life balance. But I'll tell you something, I don't want it. Yeah, I don't that's want exactly it. it. And I think at this stage, you don't want it or need, like, you don't need it at this no. stage. And at some point, yeah, you probably will have it. But so many people look at someone who's already got an established business or, more to the point, has done all the hustling, has worked, you know, 12-hour days, yeah. six, seven days a week, doesn't have that much time off. But now they're at a stage where they can. And some of them, they're like, I want to be like them. I'm just going to work four hours a week. Yeah. No, 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 no. You need to earn the right yeah. to do that. So you have to build the business before you can take a step back. Yes, I agree. And I think um, I wish more people had that mentality because, and not that I ever justify my own choices because I don't. I'm just like, look, this is what I do. So no. But I do find myself explaining why I choose to work seven days a week sometimes, why I choose to get up at six and get started on the computer or in the gym, why I'm still in the gym at 10 p.m. at night, the extra lengths I go to. And when people are like, yeah, but what about self-care? And I'm like, I'm investing in my future. I've never been so happy. Like working too much is giving me the ability to eventually work less. Yeah. And I'm genuinely, most of the time, people that say these things to me are those who have a nine-to-five and a really big friends group and a social mentality, love a night out, love a party, love a holiday. And I love that. But in 10 years' time, 20 years' time, they will still have their nine-to-five and I will have my own business. Mm. Yeah, well, it's job versus career, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like, and the total cheesy thing of, you know, you'll never work a day in your life if you love your job. Yeah, vocation life, yeah. yeah. And it, do you know what? It's not always true. Like, sometimes it isn't great working, like, on the weekend, etc., etc. But genuinely, it is something that we love doing. Exactly. And probably one of the reasons we get on so well, we both have that, like, quite hard, like, we'll just work harder. Yeah, we'll just do more. No one cares. Work harder. Yeah, <laughs> shop and get it done. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think um, when I first met you, I was nowhere near fitness industry standard because I'd kind of just come into the world of fitness. I myself needed a few workouts under my belt. I also needed to change my mindset around what I wanted to do and be. And I, um, I remember us working out together one of the first times and I was just not I was like, I do not know how to do this. I am not good at this. Um, and building myself from that position to here, you've always been a very good role model because you've always been educated, using your education to help others, staying on top of your own fitness. And as much as maybe like now that I'm here, 
I know you don't have work-life balance. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, she's got her stuff together. Emma's killing it. Yeah, it is interesting. We were t- talking about this just before we started recording, that like we have a really awesome relationship where we both champion each other's businesses and our careers and I guess just anything that we do. We're always, without agenda, really looking for the best for each other. Whereas that's quite, like, sadly, it's quite rare. rare. Not just within girls in fitness or girls in fitness in Dundee you know quite a small pool but more just gen- like generally like even some of your friends you're like is there a bit of an agenda there like yeah or so it is interesting yeah I agree I think it's quite difficult to trust that the people that are in your corner are there to help push you forward and are not actually there hoping that you take them with you as you move forward so um but you're right like we've always I've always kept an eye on everything you're doing because I find it interesting and because I want to be like oh if you need some help with that give me a shout or and then sometimes I'm like I might even message you and be like what do you think about this and you're like yeah great plan or terrible plan and I'm like yeah I trust that your judgment is impartial um yeah, because what was interesting is, like, we go through phases of seeing each other quite a lot and then, like, never. And yeah. then whatever. But well, I'm sure we hadn't even spoken that much. And then you messaged me being like, you'll never guess what's happened. Like, I've left the old gym. Yeah. The unnamed gym. Yeah. And, and I don't know what to do. Because that, that was, like, put you out on your ass pretty quickly, didn't yeah. it? So, yeah. I, I, went, I, went from, I went from that vision we were talking about at the start... I had that, but it wasn't mine. So I had the gym where I could train and do CrossFit and coach. I had the clinic in the gym where I could exercise my education um, in rehabilitation and injury care. I had an outlet for clientele for personal training, and I had the ability to build online. I had it all there, but it wasn't mine. Um, And within 24 hours, it was ripped from under my feet. And I literally went from everything to nothing because unfortunately my clientele resided within that building which meant as soon as I left all of the people that were in there that were on my online programming stopped doing my online program because they were told by the owners they weren't allowed to do it and mm-hmm. um, it also meant that I um, that a lot of them who I PT'd stayed there and didn't come with me but of course they didn't I had no gym yeah. I had nowhere to PT from come so. with me to nothing come yeah. with me to my living room at my mum's house and um, so yeah and it, I think that puts it into perspective. And you're right. Like I messaged you, and I was like, "So, if you were a fitness professional with absolutely nothing, what would you do?" And I remember saying, "This is the best thing that ever happened to you." And I was like, "That Emma's high. <laughs> Emma is. Emma just lied to me." But, but yeah. it is, and like you were, you were comfortable there. You did bloody well there, but you would have stayed there too long. Yeah. And actually, sometimes you need to be pushed before you're quite ready. Yeah. And you know what, in an ideal world, probably like would have gone on your own terms, but yeah. it's given you the push to do something even better. So, yeah. in hindsight. That's it. Like, I think the old, um, when you plant a little tree in a tiny little pot, it, can't, it can only grow so big because the roots can't get out. And I think that kind of ended up where I was. I was trying and I wanted to, and I'm like, I was thinking, how do I get to that next level? Like, what do you do? And I didn't realise it was lose everything to then gain what I wanted to gain in the long run. But I do think that there is no success without struggle and anyone who's ever had it truly handed to them, firstly, bravo, but also do you really understand 
what it takes to get there and and then what it takes to maintain it and to keep it and not to lose it and to think now I'll never lose what is around me because I've built it and it's mine I own it and you can take me out of this building if you want but I've still built my online presence and I've still built my name do it again like yeah that's why it's so important about the process and the example that I always give, give is if you if I gave you, well, you're an amazing shape already, but if you give someone a physique that they really want, yeah, and they're like, oh, great, that's the end product, that's what I wanted, they have no idea how to maintain that. No. Whereas if I put you in a physique you didn't want, you know exactly how to get it back to the physique that you want, yeah. so actually it's only a finite amount of time before you, you're yeah. able to do that, but you very quickly would lose that quote-unquote perfect physique because you don't know the habits and behaviours and... You don't have to train and eat and fuel that. This is why I don't sell meal plans. I don't sell set meal plans because I'm not teaching you anything there. All I'm doing is giving you an algorithm to an end outcome. Whereas I don't want to give you that. I want to teach you the maths to create the algorithm for the end outcome. And then the whole give a guy a fish, eat for a day, blah, 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 blah. And I'm I'm like you. Blah, 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 quitting the Bible. But <laughs> just quoted the Bible. Think that might have been Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, AD. But I think, um, yeah, like just like you, I would like to offer people the tools to change themselves. I like. I remember when I wanted a PT, I thinking the only limitation to this is money. I didn't have the money for a PT, but I wanted the experience of knowing how to get there. So I paid a PT for four sessions. At the end of it. I didn't learn anything. I was like, oh God. So now, now I've been on a rower and done some squats and I've got told to eat peanut butter and jam and stuff. And I had, my lunch was the same for six weeks. My dinner was the same for six weeks and yeah, I lost weight. But I'm not sticking to that. That's not, I'm not kind of dear to that. So yeah, like now I have created a process in myself where I know how to get here because I had the tools to get here and I still have the tools. I could do it all over again. Just like when I'm working with a client, I want to offer them the tools to change themselves. So my aftercare service is sometimes a lot longer than the time I actually spend with someone because I guide them through a process much like you do. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, maybe this is a good point to go over why we don't use meal plans or why people, like, there's various reasons I don't use them and most of it is education. Yeah. But also just the, like, real practicals, like, how, do, one, I don't even know what I want for lunch yet and it's 12 o'clock, right? How am I meant to know what all of my clients want for lunch for the next six weeks? And bearing in mind, we know that it doesn't really matter to a large extent what you eat. Mm. Like We're playing the numbers game. Yeah, exactly. And preference should come into it hugely if you want any long-term adherence. If it's adherent, well, yeah, I completely agree. And I think one of the things um, people come and speak to me about is like, um, and do you know what, actually, this is an example from that you gave years ago. Someone messaged you and said, um, oh God, I'm really struggling with that mackerel at lunchtime. How do I get it in me? What? How, could I, how do I make it palatable? And you replied and said, you don't. You just don't eat mackerel. Yeah. Like, mackerel is not the key to success. You I know? know, that's what interesting to get. And, and I think, like, the number one rule, especially if you're on a weight loss diet, should be never, don't eat food you don't like. No. Because like, you, you're going to put yourself off the diet, not just the food. Yeah. If you doesn't like any vegetables at all, then you're just going to have to grow up a little bit and, and yeah. start eating some vegetables. Yeah, but, or hide them in pasta sauce like your mum did when you were a kid. Yeah, there's no need to like... I always put mackerel on a meal plan for two reasons. One, because most people don't like it. Two, because I think it's an awesome food and it has some benefits and I like it. 
but equally it kind of like I want something on that meal plan that you're not going to want to stick to so that you have to swap it out and to start with it's as simple as that like okay well I don't like that but what could I have that's similar or of similar value yeah exactly could I have chicken and then maybe put on some olive oil or something to make up the fat ratios or you know it kind of tries to get you to, to learn about making your own meal plans but on the flip side like the benefits of meal plans maybe not the benefits of meal plans but something what, that makes it easier for some people is the handholders they come the to you really, yeah, yeah they come to you and they're like okay i don't have time also don't have the inclination to learn don't also, really want to what's know what's the macro like you know you yeah. talk with someone who's like I've never tracked calories. Yeah. You're like, okay, here's 1,600 calories. Just make sure you're getting this, enough, this much protein. They're like, what? Yeah. Like, I didn't, so what should I eat? And it, you need some structure. So I do actually give out example meal plans. I give out example days. I call them my blueprints. Yeah. I'm like, here's your blueprint day. So you're on, say, a 2,000 calorie diet. We're on high protein or high carbs or high fats, whatever it might be. Um, and here's an example day that I would eat based on if they were my numbers. So here's a day. If that person chooses to eat just that for the next six weeks, I'm gonna advise them that other things will work, but I know that if they're the sort of person, like I do have some clients that come and say, right, um, I'm going on holiday in this amount of weeks. I don't care how, I just wanna look good. Um, so could you just put me on something I can go to Tesco's, buy the food for it and stick to? So if I'm like, right, eggs, chicken, vegetables, rice, go. They're like, great, that's perfect. They reach their goal and you may see them again next year when the next holiday comes up, but it's not a lifestyle choice they're looking for. They're yeah. not looking to educate themselves on how to change. They've got a lot of money. They want a quick fix and they just want to know, they just want to see it in black and white. They want to be held accountable to one structure. And I think it is, it's almost a bit of an easy way out, isn't it? That you're Absolutely. just like, oh yeah, I'll just stick to this. Don't have to think about it. But a lot of people do want that. They're like, I don't want to learn. I don't want to think. I just want to be told what to do. I'm going to stick to it. I can stick to it when I stick to it. And it often has to come from them to be like, okay, actually, I'm kind of bored of having to diet every couple of months when I want to look good. I'd rather just like learn a little yeah. bit and do something that's more sustainable. So, yeah, I guess you, you play to what your client wants as well. Yeah, and I think for the majority of the client I have that requests that specifically, they're the weekend warriors. Yeah. So, eventually, I have to teach them how to balance because they're like, okay, so I ate my whole meal plan exactly as you said, but then I deep-throated like six bottles of Prosecco Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, now what do I do? And I'm like, okay, well, what we're going to do is teach you balance. So, see what you're eating there, that one meal plan, yeah, that's 1,500 calories. However, because you plan to have this at the weekend, we're going to need to rethink that. Um, and you're going to need to start deciding how many calories you're going to allow yourself at the weekend on things that you want, whether that's treats or junk food or alcohol or whatever. Um, and we do eventually start talking about calorie, calorie balance and they do start thinking, right, okay, well, I just won't have my snack and I'll save 200 calories. And then over the course of a week, I've got a thousand calories I can play with on Saturday because I'm going out for my dinner. Yeah. Well yeah. done. That always seems to be the like aha moment when people realize that it's not, you know, how many days you stick to your diet, but it's like, and even weeks are quite arbitrary. So yeah. it's your calorie balance over time. And I know that in Commit 6 this week, there'd been a few people saying, oh, I had a really bad week. Like, oh, yeah, okay, well there's 52 weeks in a year. 
like you have and also your bad week isn't actually that bad no like you know some people saying i've had a bad week oh i went out for a couple of meals you know what you're probably closer to maintenance calories than maybe you're in a little bit of a surplus but your previous quote-unquote bad week would have been like ridiculous so actually it's probably not a bad week and it's very easy to make that up and that we always have this sort of like time limited mind frame it tends to be a day but even then it tends to be a week but even a week is quite an arbitrary period and we we do put like weekly goals in place you know it's your weekly average of steps or it's your weekly average of calories only because they're small achievable yeah, and constant that little reminder and if you are doing well in a week you get a pat on the back every seven days yeah that's that's nice and it's but a really, little structure to, yeah to stick to so and I guess like life does tend to run in weeks. Yeah, self employed. <laughs> Everyone's like Monday, fresh start, yeah. and you're like, oh god. But Monday means nothing to me. Neither does Saturday. Yeah. No, I've never had the Friday feeling because I work every weekend. <laughs> woo woo. Uh, right, let's talk about your new diet. Well, new diet. Well, well you're basically a vegetarian. Well, basically, almost no, a vegan. No, I'm not. So basically, I am. Um, so to give you guys a so background on this, Shelley no, a documentary. <laughs> I did not. I have not even seen it yet. <laughs> I've not seen um, the game changers yet, but I have seen snippets, um, and I've built a bit of a, an opinion based on the snippets I've seen, which in itself is actually quite contradictory because yeah, that's how they built the documentary. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, about a couple of months ago, maybe three months ago. I have a lot of clients who are vegetarian and they found this loophole in their food diary to not submit it because I didn't understand anyway, apparently, <laughs> and quote unquote, that you don't even know how to get your protein as a vegetarian. And I did actually feel quite um, bad saying, oh, just eat this and just eat that because I had no idea. I, I didn't have, I didn't know how tofu tasted in corn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm prescribing it to people. Tofu, they're like, it's just yeah <laughs> and I'm like you won't die just get it eaten but this is the thing like um I, I felt like I wasn't giving a good service to these people because they had a specific dietary requirement but my limitation in my knowledge shouldn't be what I do myself because many people that train with me I train I do CrossFit I believe in it but maybe 60% of the people that I PT don't do CrossFit people don't just do what I do so um I decided I needed to better my knowledge and I said right fine what I'll do then is I will be a vegetarian for two whole weeks and I'll track my food diary every single day at the end of those two weeks I'll either agree or disagree with the statements you've made in the last six months mm -hmm. and I'll give you my food diary to show you what I did to alter and to learn and to change and to essentially get my macros my calories and um, so I did it I hit my protein every single day um, I hit my calories almost every day. I went over on my what calories once or twice. So you've got a nutritionist. Yeah, so luckily I wasn't with, well, I was with Carl. I've been with Carl the whole time. But we weren't actively working together at that point because I took a, a break from my... A sabbatical. A sabbatical for um, like four months because I wanted to put my energy into Sweatbox. And as much as I've always wanted to put my athlete self first, it's not possible. Yeah. It hasn't been possible. Um, and I really felt the effects of that in this open. I'm nowhere near my fitness and my pace. Whereas last year I was hitting like 10th and 15th in the UK and stuff. Now I'm like 50th. Um, but the thing is, and I think what people forget sometimes, this is the same as with bodybuilding, like 
if you want to be the best athlete, that you have to be quite selfish and put that first. Like all the you time. You need to get to bed. You need to get your meals in. You need to get your training in, and they have to come as a priority. Yeah. Whereas if you're trying to build a new gym and further your career in other aspects, something has to give. And it's been it's definitely been my athlete self. So the first thing I did is I know how to eat. I know what I should be eating. And I can, I can eat intuitively and still stay relatively on track. So that's what I chose to do. And Carl was going through a very, very busy phase as well. He moved out to Montenegro. So I kind of came off his service to give him a bit of extra time, blah, 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 blah. So in that time, um, since I spoke to Carl, I told him about it. And he's really just adjusted my calories around it and my diet. And he's given me some tips. It's been great. But... I went vegetarian for two weeks. I provided my food diary for my vegetarian clients, but I loved it. I loved the way it made me feel. Um, I, and I since have eaten meat again since, and I promise you I felt bloated, tired, sluggish. Now, I'm not saying I would eradicate it forever. I won't. If I'm somewhere and something looks good and I want to eat it, I would, because I'm not against meat eating or animal products. I just tried something different to help my clients out and realized I like the way it made me feel. Um, recently, skin's I've been, been so much my skin has been so much better. My, uh, my energy levels when I eat, I don't eat and then need an hour's nap. Yeah. Whereas I did in the afternoon all the time. I got that like post-prandial dip and I was like dying a little yeah. bit come three o'clock and I don't get that now. So, But one thing I have included a lot of is fish. I've included fish into my diet, and what I noticed is when I went vegetarian was just how little veg was in my diet to begin with. Mm. I would have actually said I was 80% animal product, 20% foliage, <laughs> and then I was like, God, I don't eat veg at all. Yeah. Now I'm having vegetables for breakfast, and I love it. Yeah. Genuinely, I love it. The way I, I think that's them. one of the, the big um, things that people look over when it comes to like ve vegans and vegetarians. They're like, oh, look at all these benefits and stuff, and actually, a lot of the benefits you get is just from eating more vegetables. Not so eradicating the other to. food groups, yeah, exactly. yeah, but just involving more yeah. vitamins and minerals and nutrients, nutrient-dense foods into your diet. And I think I didn't do that. Yeah. And it really highlighted that gap. And now, if I went back to a standardized diet now, I would still probably have veg for breakfast, as well as eggs and maybe some ham. And then at lunchtime, if I... If I have like salmon and rice and veg now, I did sometimes used to just have the meat product or the fish product and the rice or the potatoes because I, I know that they're the energy givers. And yeah. I can't be bothered banging the mic in the, the veg in the micro. So, but now I would never miss my veg out because I really enjoy it. So that's, that's where I'm at. But performance wise, I still feel like I have the performance I want. I know that the reason I'm not as fit as I was is because I don't train as much. Yeah. Yeah. My diet changing isn't the reason that my fitness has changed. My yeah, my fitness has changed because I don't do as much. That's all simple. Yeah, and obviously you've just faded away. Yeah, now. yeah. I am actually thinner. Yeah, I'm definitely thinner. I'm definitely but less. Again, that's probably from not training as much. That's as it. Exactly. I don't. I think oh, if you've we not measured got protein in and exactly. you've lost all your muscle. No, I think if we measured my body composition, I'm a little bit down on all elements but that's because I'm eating 2,000 calories now and Carl at my peak had me on 3,250 so you know yeah but you were training a lot yeah like yeah twice a day five days a week 
three hours in total per day, 15 hours a week, one active recovery day, which would be an hour and a half of someone training, and one day of rest, which probably would involve something I wanted to do, which would be sport. Yeah. Yeah. Wakeboarding, like climbing, cycling, snowboarding, to, cycling, yeah. swimming, yeah. on rest day. Remember at the start of this podcast when I was like, okay, I'll let Shelley introduce herself. No, we didn't do that. And then you were going to read out your letter. letter, which we spoke about, which no one has actually heard. Yeah. Do you want to read the letter? Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, I wrote this letter because, as you heard at the start, I wanted, it's what I would say to my younger self, my seven year ago self. Um, based on the fact that now I'm sat in, right now we're recording this podcast from my clinic and um, in my gym, in my health hub. Um, and Which looks phenomenal. Thank you. I'm, glad, I'm really, really glad that people walk in and they do say, wow. Yeah. Um, and I love that uh, because it's like, it's nice to, it, this has come from my brain. Like this is what I vision. Also, so. like, um, what are they called? Boxes? Boxes. Crossfit cross boxes, cross yeah. Boxes. They're often a bit like raw. Yeah. Yeah. And because like the, the old the old vision was bit, yeah. And and you are right. Like the old vision was raw, natural, because who cares? Like, I'm gonna shower it. at home. Yeah. Whereas here the showers are nicer than the ones in my house. Oh god, yeah, they're nicer than mine as well. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um but I really want to give people the hybrid. Mm. The hybrid of the expensive global commercial gym with carpets and light up mirrors and sockets and like towel service yeah. versus the rawness of a really difficult training structure that's all barbells and body weight and it's just crossfit and there's chalk everywhere and people are sweating and i think the middle of that is a luxurious premium fitness facility with the ability to have that side of luxury in a beautiful shower and feel comfortable and clean and and happy and get a coffee and a protein bar on your way out the door, as well as get the best workout for you. And that's what I wanted my health up to be, a hybrid of those gym types. And I think that's what Dundee needed. Yeah, massively. And I'm going to ask you on the podcast so that you kind of have to say yes, but I think we should definitely do seminars here. Well, this is the thing. I'd love to do that because one part of Sweatbox's ethos um, is that we want to help educate others in the fitness industry. That's why I tutor this mm. weekend just passed I tutor for British weightlifting not because I want to work weekends I don't but I do want to make sure that the fitness industry is having well-rounded knowledge and certified professionals and I also think it's important that we deliver that information to the general population as well and the general public those who are wanting to learn because too many people are making an absolute fortune online or in documents for information that we could give freely and easily and it would make people's lives better. So just setting up some seats, banging out some information, mm. a PowerPoint for a couple of hours for people for a very affordable, just our time cost, it to me is such a good thing to do, giving back a little bit yeah. and I'd love to hold them here. And which is huge, I think when you were speaking about tutoring there, makes me think about how much, and I've probably done this myself, people like, oh, you know what, the, the level of personal trainers or the education is crap, like the courses are crap. Cool, but what are you doing about that? Yeah. Like, I'm very much, like, I always check myself now, I'm like, if I'm going to complain about something, offer a solution am to I going to offer a solution? Because if you're not, shut up. Yeah, that's it. Step up or shut up, and I yeah. agree. Um, I've already said with Fitness Training Scotland that we're going to deliver quite a lot of the courses here. Um, 
but I would love to deliver a few seminars. And I, I'm actually in the middle of planning um, a recovery workshop. So it's going to be lots of different ways for people to recover from sport and fitness, ways of, like it might just be some like basic, simple stretching exercises, mobility drills. Um, but yeah, like I really want to put that in because I think optimizing recovery really helps towards your performance. And I'm not talking about athletes. I'm talking about your performance in the office, at work, with your kids, your performance with your family. Every day we have to generate energy. How do we do that? How do we get the best out of our human structure? Um, so I'd like to put on a little bit of a seminar about that, um, ways in which, and that's like your nutrition, your sleep, your hydration. So yeah, yeah, like what you do, I think so many people focus on that hour in the gym and actually what you do outside of that is so much more important. Exactly. Like, are you actually recovering well? Are you allowing, because really all you're doing in the gym is stimulating these adaptations to occur and if you're not fueling them, them outside up. of the gym, that's then... It. It's pointless. I completely agree. Right, should I leave? Should I read this yeah, letter? Or all right then. Oh, Let's mix things up and do yeah. something. Yeah. Okay. So, a letter, an open letter to my younger self. Dear young and hopeful girl, I see you writing your plans and plotting your future. I see you studying your trade and building your experience. I know you drew a picture of what your own place would look like, and I've heard it's in a little box under your bed. I'm so glad to see an enthusiastic and hard-working young lady with such promise. You seem so carefree and unaffected by the world around you. But I need to help you understand a few things about this pathway you have chosen before you're thrown into the fire of your own future that you currently cannot predict. No one will ever vision what you do for you. No one will ever be as open to the opportunity of the mountain you will climb than you are. And unfortunately, not everyone will help you on your way. If you're lucky, there'll be one, maybe two, who'll forever stand by your side and be unyielding. But, young and hopeful girl, you will encounter many who will sneer, laugh and judge. Some will treat you unfairly and many will build obstacles in front of you. Often out of jealousy, sometimes out of cruelty, and other times because they themselves are stuck beneath the very glass ceiling they attempt to install above you. See, you're ambitious. You are proactive and driven and often that causes little lightning bolts of inadequacies within the very walls of those who beat you down. Whether it be with words, with looks, or with actions, you will be hurt and you will feel lost. But you must never lose the very reason you are made to feel this way. Your relentless drive will pull you from these feelings and push you towards a better day. I'm here to tell you, little lady, because I wish someone had told me, it won't be a beautiful pathway. It won't always run straight, the sun won't always shine and there are people you will meet on this pathway that will haunt your steps and whisper to your insecurities. I'm sorry that you will experience this, but I'm also glad. Hear me out. You're about to embark on your own pathway to your own making. You will be forged by every single step you take and each obstacle you overcome, you will grow taller. Each storm you weather, you'll be more resilient to the rain that we all face each day. Each unkind word, unfair decision, each lie told about you or to you will sharpen your patience and sharpen your selection of company. You will be unbreakable, unfuckwithable, unshakable, and mostly, little lady, you will be unstoppable. So don't shy away from this pathway. Don't you dare back down from these hidden challenges. Don't stop now. Write your big plans from the desk of your shoebox office you rent per day. Build your dreams and prepare to hit your targets 
and smash your goals. Because out of anyone I have met, any soul I have seen, yours burns brighter with a little light of an angel you never really knew and I'm sure you won't stop until you reach the very top, as close to those clouds as ever you could be. Never lose hope, little lady, and I'll be right here waiting for you seven years from now. I just got, like, the shivers. Yeah, it's me good. too, actually. It's so good. Yeah, I just got little shivers too. Ooh. Actually, halfway through, I was like, God, this, this is really emotional. Mean. I know. I was like, oh, oh. I actually went on an emotional. I actually haven't read it out loud. Yeah, it changes everything, doesn't it? Changes it everything because... I, I think that will resonate more with people than... Reading email as well. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, on the one that I posted, I added one line, and it was, "You will stumble and you will fall, mm. but you're gonna get right back up again." And I think that's the one part that now I'm like, I have fallen so many times. I have been like, because I wasn't financially invested in the other place. That's been amazing because if I was, I think I'd have went bankrupt. Mm. I think I would have. Um, I think I would have been in a very bad situation. Whereas, luckily, I didn't do that. Um, I, do you I think know. there's something to be said for the naivety of not no, like? Yes. If you've written, if you're, if you're seven years before yourself had actually known how no. hard this was going to be, no would you have done it? That's like saying, Emma. I'm knocking on the door, open it, you're about to get punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. Come on, yeah. open that door, open the door. And you're like, oh, I'm not opening that door. You're like, oof. And, and the thing is as well, would I have went so um, freely into this journey? No. Would I have done it with such confidence? No. previous things so passionately because you yeah. would have been like, well, I know this isn't going to work out. And, and you, you should love like you've never been hurt. And I feel like you should invest like it's never went wrong and, I, and that's what I've done like in this lead up in this um in this vision in this dream I have been 100% in because if it's not a fuck yes it's a hell no mm -hmm. and my fuck yes is 100% at all times so I think that's why people noticed my passion and my drive and gave me opportunities I've been given lots of opportunities um Ben Coomer of Awesome Supplements worked with me before Awesome Supplements was even a thing. It was TDT, Performance Spray, originally. Um, and he we all remember how well that <laughs> He gave me the tools to learn how to um, be online, be mm. someone online. When I first met him, I followed him and was like, wow, people really listen to what he has to say because he... He's very insightful and he has education to back it up and he's charming and he's engaging. And I thought, like, I love what he does. I love what he puts out. Like, could I ever do that? Could I ever be someone like that? And then, although it's one baby step at a time, and actually, you don't along the way think, yep, I'm doing it. It's not that. It's when you look back, you think, I've done it. Or someone else is like, whoa, look what you've done. And you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. To the outside, it seems. So true. Yeah. Someone else says, oh yeah, or like people from school, you meet them again and they're like, oh my God, you're like this online like yeah. superhero, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you. And you're like, what? <laughs> Shut up. Like, I'm still the girl that used to play shinty. What are you on about? But um, yeah, I, and I think uh, one, of the, one of the times where I've really been shown that I've made a difference to some people or that I've built something to be proud of was at Body Power. 
That's the first time I've ever walked into a hall of thousands of people and people have stopped me mm. and been like, oh my God, you're so this, you're so that, and been super complimentary and asked for a picture with me, messaged me after, posted about me. And some of the things people say, I'm like, wow, people can be so kind. Um, and it's, you know, that is one thing about fitness, like I often get, and they never like cease to sort of amaze me, but like DMs being like, oh, you've helped me so much with this, or yeah. I absolutely love your content, and you think, what a nice thing to say, yeah. I didn't think it was that long ago, you would never really message someone unless you were like, I hate what you, you know, it's yeah. always like negative stuff, like, so but now there's so much positivity. I think it's an important thing as well, because as much as people maybe think like you, perhaps, are got all your shit together, you're doing really well, nothing could ever upset you, blah, blah, blah. We all have those days when I'm like, this is tough, like, I feel like I'm wading through mud and is it even worth it? And I'm, like, have I, is what I've got to say really that interesting? And we all have self-doubt. Um, no matter who you are, no matter what the best influencers in the world are, or the social marketing gurus or whatever, we all have days like that, and I think a friendly, kind message to say, do you know what? You're killing it. You're doing it. And do you know what? My 12-year-old follows you, and you're one of the, the yeah, best yeah. role models, and when my daughter grows up, I hope she grows up with your kind of ideals in mind. And I just think you do not know who's watching you, and to reach out and to tell someone that you somehow have helped them, or you are the reason they began in fitness, or that they decided to educate themselves. like. Thinking about it now, saying it out loud, I wonder if maybe Ben knows how influential he's been in my life. Probably not. I don't even know you know how influential you have been in my life. And I think like over the course of years, if it's not going quite right, some, you're so real and you'll post, I've had a shocker. This is not good. I feel like this. We all have down days. And I think like, yeah, yeah. Like I put you on a pedestal of being superhuman, super amazing at everything, and that to, like someone said the other day, oh, it's good to see that superheroes fail too, because basically I didn't finish a workout in the time gap. <laughs> but I thought, yeah, like... Yeah, it's real. Yeah, It's real, and I, I've always maintained, every single podcast I ever do, I do always get a message saying, you're actually so normal. Yeah. I didn't think that. I didn't know that. And I think, like, because I've had very normal people as... Um, well, I think we ground each other as well. Yeah. Because we've known from like you know we like good health and fitness, and we were just doing ten years ago. And there, like yeah, and it's mad, and we've both grown so much. I wore always... umbro shorts. <laughs> umbro, umbro, bruv. You are they even still a company? No, <laughs> they dissolved. Work for what now? <laughs> I know. What if I still got them? If I do, they're size fourteen. Anyone can have them. Someone could. I've got a pair of size fourteen umbro shorts. They used to fit me perfectly. I love them, um, and they're they're going free. I'll look them out. Uh, but yeah, like, and I didn't. I never done a clean before. Yeah. Um. I'd never. I couldn't do it. It was the one time I beat Shelley at CrossFit. Or, yeah. Or CrossFit a circuit or something. I remember we were doing um wall balls. So for anyone who doesn't know what that is, you do a squat. You hold a ball in your hands. You do a squat with the ball in front of you, and as you stand up, you throw the ball and release it to a wall above you. In CrossFit terms, a woman should have a six kilogram ball and should throw it to a nine foot target. I remember in our first workout, I had a three or two kilo ball and I was throwing it to my head height. And at one point in the workout, I shouted, this isn't humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I'm like, God, like, and which is fine because relative at the time, that was yeah. like the hardest thing I'd ever done. But um, it is, it's yeah. so good to look back at where you started, and actually, for, yeah. for so many people, that's really inspiring. They're like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, I posted a picture. Bloody amazing at CrossFit. No, I posted a picture on my Instagram three posts ago, and it was a picture of me in 2014 in Ibiza in a multicolored bikini, ocean beach, and then I posted a picture from like last month. And yes, I know my body's changed. Obviously, I look at it every day, but when I see them together, I'm like. Wow, yeah. the magnitude of my physical change is massive. And who I used to be wasn't even that bad. Yeah. But I remember emotionally and mentally, I was a one out of 10. And now I'm probably like a salt, well, actually, take sweatbox out of the occasion, I was like a 10, put sweatbox in, and now I'm like a four again. But um, yeah, like emotionally, I've changed so much more than I've changed physically, but my physical change is monumental. But they drive each other, don't they? Oh yeah, one, like, you don't get one without the other. No. Lots of people say all the time, oh, I started going to the gym, so I'm eating better. Or, I'm eating better, so I started going to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Horse and carriage stuff, hand yeah. in hand. So, yeah, mentally. But also just that like, positive outlook on life. Like, I've chosen to look at things from a positive perspective. Yeah. And as cheesy as it is, like, that will change your life. Absolutely. Like, I've a post this morning about, it's not, I can't eat this, it's I can eat that, or it's not, I have to go to the gym because I want to yeah, or, or I get, get to. to do that. Yeah, yeah. privilege. Such a, yeah, it is a massive privilege. One you of my coaches said that um, in competition, they said, this pressure is a privilege. And I'm not going to name the coach because I actually don't like him as a person. Soz. But he did this one thing he said resonated with me. And he did say, I was worried or scared or something. I was in France and I was competing in the French throwdown. Um... And it was tough. And he said, this pressure is a privilege. You get to showcase your fitness now. Now you have the opportunity to stand in front of thousands, many, hundreds, whatever, and be your strongest self. You are now fitter than you've ever been before, and it is a privilege. And it snapped me out of my own little self-pity party I was currently throwing. Um, and I thought, yeah, you're right. Like, this is a privilege. The gym is a privilege. To have a gym membership is a privilege. To have many clothes, outfits, well, fitness, I think outfits the to wear. the biggest thing that we forget is a privilege is dieting. So everyone has yeah. like such a negative yeah. connotations around it. And I'm like, half the world does not have the privilege to be like, I am going to restrain myself and not have five bits of cake. I'll just try it with the one. Yeah. You know, and, and actually being able to diet. And make better choices. Privilege. Yeah. We have the privilege of walking into a supermarket and have an abundance of healthy options available to us. Mm. Whereas people, some people in the world have ration packs. Yeah. There is no, I'm on a low-cal diet, you've got anything with more protein in it. Sorry, I like a vegan, gluten-free alternative. Yeah, there is none of that. You eat what you're given because unfortunately your other option is mal malnutrition, so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, on that really happy note, <laughs> Shelley's about to Fix, kind fix. of, potentially. Emma's having a few it's mechanical slight, issues. Slight issues. Do you know what I feel really, um, I'm going to feel really privileged to be able to just, like, stand up without being Yeah, no, yeah that's I can't, the thing. I can't wait for that. Yeah, and, it, and unfortunately, years in a fitness industry, <laughs> and mm. you were so, like, you were at such a competitive level throughout your fitness journey, 
Um, you uh, you put your body in the mill, didn't you? We, that's what we do. It's sacrifice, physical sacrifice, to make your goals. And, and at some point, <laughs> some point, we got to pay that back. If you take it too far, <laughs> that's what's happened. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Shelley, for your time. Of course, I really enjoyed uh, chatting to you today. <laughs>